Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be in the world. Welcome to the CX podcast R&R with my good self, Richard Knight, and... And your even better self, um, if, if only you want to be, uh, Ryan Huxtable. And I'd like to make a huge welcome today to our guest, our guest speaker, Ollie Jackman from Agile Comms. Um, uh, and we'll, Ollie will uh, share a little bit about what he uh, he does in a second. Uh, but what, did you did you say what number podcast this is, Rich? I was about to, but you uh, you just I carried on talking as Sorry. per usual. I couldn't yeah. get a word in edgeways. <laughs> um, it's episode sixty nine today, so wow. we're nearly on to the seventy. This is amazing. I can't believe that we haven't been thrown off all of these platforms by now. But they've they've let they've let us carry on. But it's the quality of the guests we get on. You see, that's that's what makes the difference. And Hopefully, that's I still why... make it to seventy then. <laughs> well it was a good go it was a good go wasn't it <laughs> so uh just uh our, our guests our, our guests don't know this but ollie will know this in a second our, our viewers and our listeners know this we're very light-hearted we talk about cider quite a lot on these ollie so if you've got a nice cider uh that you'd like to recommend at the end of the podcast we always like to we always like to talk about that um but yeah so introducing ollie ollie uh ollie's one of one of my clients down here in devon and cornwall and uh ollie looks uh Ollie's one of my um, star, star clients because he not only does he talk about great client experience, but he also asks for feedback from clients. And uh, um, Ollie, do you want to just uh, share a little bit about what you what you do at Agile Comms, a bit about the company, your ethos, that type of stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks very much for having me, gents. It's nice to, to meet you, Richard, and see you, Ryan. Um, as, as you say, with my business partner, James, we run a, a small startup telecoms company um so 18 months ago which will make november 2021 james and i launched our business um and we've both got years and years of telecoms experience behind us but we launched our business to be a bit different um and really customer centric which is i think why ryan and i get on so well um we the telecoms industry like quite a lot of service related industries is a bit prehistoric in its culture um, so, you know, contracts are designed to provide what the service provider wants all the time and trick people and con people into long agreements and make it difficult to escape those things and handcuffing clients to technology services. But times have changed. Um, there's a real appetite from the business community to do things differently. So we did quite, we, we kind of knew that anecdotally anyway, through our own experiences, but we did quite a lot of market research and discussions and, and customer listening before launch um and what people want is really simple they just want things to be robust they want things to be flexible um and with hybrid working and the changing working habits that that stuff's even more important nowadays so we what, what the game is agile comms we provide communications technology to we're really thrilled to be working with a really wide range of businesses um mostly private sector smes and mostly west country but there's exceptions to all of that um and we provide them with phone systems, mobile contracts, internet connections, and video conferencing solutions. That's fantastic. us in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, fantastic. I think, um, I mean, you and I have known each other a little while now, and one of the things that always um, impresses me when I talk to, to both you and James is your attitude to business is very different. You, 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 you referenced it earlier there about telecoms business, but it's very different, isn't it, to almost trying to tie businesses into two to three year contracts um and not giving them the flexibility so what stops your clients leaving you then ollie 
Um, yeah, it was it 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 was originally a little bit of a, a gimmicky USP because when you're a new business, you've got to build credibility and and win clients essentially, and so short contracts or, or part of, part of it was, you know, a bit of a USP making us as easy as possible to buy from, um, and win business. But it's become a bit more cultural and you know, sort of instilled into everything we do now, and um, we'll we'll keep custom because people want to carry on working with us. Um, and it creates it creates an absolutely embedded degree of accountability. So if we aren't providing the service that's fit for purpose, if we're not providing the service that aligns with the customer's needs now or in the future, they can leave. So yeah, it's a question we get asked quite often. It, it sort of sounds quite a vulnerable thing, um, but we're actually finding the opposite. It creates trust. It builds relationships, and and. You know, in 18 months, we've had some challenges. There are some customers that have had some tough patches in terms of technology. And because they, they like trust and acknowledge that relationship with us, it's, it sees us through that stuff, actually. You talk about kind of you know, building those relationships with, with, with your clients. And you talked about the, the, the vast array of clients that, you, that you've got. Um, what, what I'm really curious about as well, because um, I know very recently you've embarked on a on a on a feedback um, free sale, haven't you, to check in with with your clients to almost. Uh, I think we've had this conversation in the past where you're almost trying to off offset and head off any potential any potential issues. How, how, how do you see that that kind of relationship piece and that that client feedback piece in terms of? propelling your growth onto the next level where, where how important do you see that um it's it's really important i mean we're not going to grow if we can't keep hold of customers and we can't keep hold of and we don't we don't keep hold of customers by tricking them into long contracts so we've got to keep hold of customers by continuing a, a really good service um our job roles are kind of split in two. So, so James looks after service delivery and finances of the business. I look after client acquisition, marketing, business development. Um, so they're two quite different sets of pressures. And your traditional account management, customer service role sort of fits in between the two. So if we're doing that well, our customers are probably getting it on both barrels. And if we're doing it badly, it might be forgotten about. Um, and that might depend on how busy the week or the month is that we're working on individually. Um, so when we started, when Ryan and I started speaking about customer account management, customer listening, it really struck a chord. And I think for continued growth, as we become increasingly busy, um, it's more and more important that we're giving customers every opportunity to talk to us and provide feedback. And I think we've talked about it quite a lot, Ryan, is that I'm actually looking for the bad news um you know we, we want people to have every opportunity to to not feel guilty about telling us there's a problem to not feel like they're burdening us there's a problem because these things can snowball and just just sit there unspoken about um so the the regular client surveys we're doing are giving customers an opportunity to tell us if there are any problems we're asking regularly without having to think about it which with as two busy people having to having to remember and think about things is it's good to try and automate that stuff <laughs> yeah it's a it's a really it's a really a key part isn't it we we often talk about uh processes versus you know people or behaviors and that automation piece certainly does you know, does make a big difference so that you can immediately react to stuff and you're not waiting for that oh yeah we well, know we'll give them a call later on 
piece but it's from my, from my point of view to 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 listen to you speak here ollie about you know it being simple and it it being a logical thing to do from a business model point of view absolutely and it's really refreshing not to hear a, a sector who traditionally is well, this is the way it's done and we're never going to change is moving on to something else because we don't go to a, a supermarket um, and, and continue going if the service is bad or if the product is bad. However, with certain sectors, and there's quite a few of them out there, they tie you in and you have to keep eating that bad food, so to speak, until that contract is over. And I just take an example of it today, actually, with some advertising. And the there's so many sectors. Sorry. Now, go on, carry on. There's, there are so many sectors where the type of behaviours we see week in, week out, which you'd just you'd just be astounded. But for some reason, telecoms is one of those where it's standard practice. Yeah. And I speak to I speak to small local businesses, you know, and I'm now walking a mile in their shoes, kind of thing. You know, we understand what it's like to run a small business. Um, we speak to small businesses every week who have been handcuffed into these agreements and feel victimised. Or actually, also quite embarrassed a lot of the time because it's in the fine print. So they could have read the contract, but nobody does. So it's, it's you know, it's critical at every step of our client journey. And even when they leave, you know, we're not we're not naive enough to think that we'll keep every client we win indefinitely forever. Um, for various reasons, people will move on, um, and we need to make that process slick and easy as well. Um, so yeah, but you're right. You think of you you apply that prehistoric telecoms logic into other markets and other products and services it just and it just wouldn't fly um yeah. so we had a, with a bit of with a bit of blank piece of paper to design a startup it the the ethos was kind of the easy bit to get right really in terms of um i was just, just listening to you both uh, i was thinking about my own uh, broadband contract with a very large british multinational internet provider and um it it strikes me particularly in things like again in when you buy personal mobiles i had to get my 11 uh, year old mobile thanks off to, to senior school next year and um, and i i ended up going with a with a company who um their name rhymes with a sweetie um sweetie brand um and they're, they're brilliant because they tell me every month that their contract's renewed and i don't have to stay with them at all but actually, the service and the way they speak to me is so good. I, you know, I, I fully intend when my contract is up with this the rather large multinational British telecoms company to move to the the the, the sweet flavoured one because in reality, if I want to move away, all the service is rubbish. I can just do that, um, and it, it's part of how we work, isn't it, Rich? As an organisation, you know, inside we never tie people into things like mystery shopping contracts or or long-term uh, instant insight contracts, you know, that, you know, people can leave pretty rapidly if they want to. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, the ethos of Agile is very similar to Insight 6 in terms of how, you know, you, you live and die, to, to Richard's point, by the, by the dog food that you eat. Um, and you've got to eat your own dog food sometimes. And sometimes you've got to decide, actually, am I going to listen to clients and look for that opportunity feedback, which is the stuff you're looking for Um every every week and every month only and i think that's where the you know we've talked about this before that's where the where the gold sits but i'm curious if you were up if you were saying to a to an, an sme now or a, or a startup um you know these are the things you have to do for your clients you know you know this 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 will make your business successful what would be your top maybe your top two tips for a for a startup well, that's a good question 
Um, well, that's the first. That's the first for everything. Yeah, We've been well, doing I'm... these uh, six sixty nine <laughs> of these bloody things. The first time he's come up with a good question. So uh, oh, sorry, I've sorry, only been sorry, waiting ten minutes. So it's not, you know he's done pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah, they'd be interesting to hear. I I quite often tell people that starting a business is a bit like having a child, and I've done both. I've only done both of those things once, so I'm obviously an expert in neither. Um, but everyone has loads of advice, and you end up ignoring it all anyway. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the parallels. Is that, you know they're hard to name. I think our our little business is just getting out of nappies, so we're by no means an expert. Um, but. Client acquisition is something I hear a lot of businesses struggling with. And I'm, I mean, 50% of our resource as a small business is dedicated to that, i.e. my working day. And the way to attract business and sell, if you like, has, has modernized and changed quite a lot, in my opinion. You know, we're not, I'm not hounding the marketplace with cold calls and advertising and marketing. I'm starting that experience of engagement with our business by listening and understanding and building trust. And I think it's quite easy for them when I hand things over to James, he knows that I've done it in that way. And I know he'll continue to do it in that way. So we've got real trust between each other to continue the client first approach. And I think that's good. I think so having enough time and effort, if if we're if you're a player manager and you're starting a business on your own and you're the fee owner, as well as you know, the sales and marketing resource, that's really tough. And I see a lot of people struggle with that. Um so it's quite nice that we're able to split that resource very easily because there's two of us. Um, but I think, you know, the client experience starts when you first meet someone or interact with them. And I think that's where you build trust quite quickly. If I was doing 100 cold calls a day and our route to market was that, it might be quite different. Um, but we're, we're actively putting our business out. We're in a lot of business networks. We're an active member of the local chamber of commerce. Um, for example, but lots of other things. And um, James likes to laugh at me because I spend a lot of money on, you know, coffees and lunches and meals out and stuff. <laughs> but it's all, it's, all, it's all finding meaningful relationships, um, yeah. referral partnerships, um, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And it's all very much about trust and relationship building. So I don't know if yeah, that's not three things, is it? Sorry, but... No, no, that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> that I think great really... question you asked, I, it was a really poor answer, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> now, the answer was better than the question, to be perfectly frank. Um, I, it's, it's really refreshing just to hear about the extension of this customer um, journey, because that piece you're mentioning there around the idea that the first time you speak to somebody, you've already kicked off that experience with them. How did they feel about that? How, did they warm to you? Did they not? Were you too in their face? Were you not? I mean, we see it all the time in networking. I talk about it a lot. You know, there's different networkers, aren't there? There's those predatory types who go there and pounce on everybody in a room. I'm going to get business from you. Well, hang on a second. You've got the wrong end of the networking stick there, haven't you? Completely. Um, so you've really got to think about these different touch points that are occurring. And it was also interesting to hear about your part, part about, you know, if people leave, that is a really critical touch point that a lot of people forget about. And again, that experience I had today for, from an advertising point of view is they sent me an email. Your contract's come to the end. Do you want to carry on? No, thank you. Because they hadn't spoken to me for six months. That was it. They haven't asked me anything else. So how do you if somebody says, Ollie, thanks very much not for us, we're going to disappear. What does that process look like for you? Because I think that's a really interesting one for our listeners because a lot of the time people just go, well, they've left, haven't they? So that's it. 
what how do you how do you view that that point we've, what, what um, is it that you... well we've definitely not defined that process um because it's happened once um oh, good so we've had we've had customers no longer require the service once or twice um, and that might be because they've been acquired or the number of staff has left for example um but only once the customer left as a surprise um which was actually part of the reason it was good timing when i started speaking to ryan about this sort of thing um because that was fresh in my mind um so i don't think we've got a defined process for that actually sorry <laughs> no no that's fine that's fine i mean the very fact that you've got you've got there and you can see the importance of it and i think the idea is that that you know that people are thinking of leaving is probably the more important phase of of of, of that 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 area in itself because then you can do something about it we often talk about it in terms of you know notifications on feedback systems is somebody not happy we know this so what do we do we have a chat with them make sure that things are okay and if we can deal with it brilliant if we can't we deal with it in a nice way so that they can leave with that idea of that was great. Okay. I'm not going to use them for now, but actually if I speak to somebody next week who says we're seeking a telecoms partner, give Ollie a ring. We're not using him at the moment, but I had a great experience with him, you know, and it's yeah, that that's whole important. piece in it. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. A very famous uh, leader I used to want, want to, to work with, um, many years ago in my corporate life said you need to be a, I said, we, we need to be a good leaving employer and you need to be a good leaver um because you know that that relationship that you built up over many many years of course there would have been ups and downs and conversations and it's, it's often the same when you reflect on your own relationships with your own clients um that, that, that you've currently got or, or clients you've had in the past and um i think one of the, the biggest underrated things i think you know going along with that point around you know finding out where people leave is actually having the ability to still stay in touch with with clients that that may no longer use your products and services but actually back to your point rich they may well do in the future and actually if you you know if you if you stay in contact have a coffee with them see them at networking events all that good stuff it just reminds you know particularly for new businesses i, I certainly found this when i was studying inside six up down here and i think that um the, the other point you made ollie which which really resonated me with with me is this this referral partnership bit about you know making sure your clients get a really good referred partner that's going to look after them in the same way that your brand would and i often think that's that's difficult because i've i've had experiences in the past where i've referred other businesses to help some of my clients and it's it's not worked out as i perhaps would have wanted so you know getting to know uh your referral partners and how they look after their clients i think it's absolutely crucial to, to that relationship being successful I guess it kind of magnifies the level of trust needed because, yeah. you know, if I'm, and I, I love making introductions and networking and it's, it's really part of my day-to-day -day life is, is, you know, connecting people to each other, but I have to have that trust. And I realize that people introducing me also have to have that trust in our ability. Sometimes that's first-hand experience because they might be customers or clients. And, and you're also right about a client leaving. If you've met a client while you're networking and they become a customer, and then for whatever reason, they need to move on from the service you provide and that exit process isn't done well, then you're going to carry on seeing them when you're networking. You know, it's a very, we all operate in quite, even though, I mean, we're spreading our wings a bit more and, and working with clients a little bit further afield. And that's just kind of what happens, I think, when you follow your nose through these referrals and, you know, you end up all over the place. But still, the core of our business is in the West Country. And it's quite a small place. <laughs> it's a bit of a village, isn't it? It is. 
and we all like cider, which is, you know... Well, exactly, and you get it wrong and the cider is not involved, then you're in right boat trouble, <laughs> isn't it? Often, often cider can, can, aid, can aid the relationship. Um, Ollie, that's been absolutely brilliant. I think you've shared some really inspirational stuff there in terms of how you grow your business, how you view your client relationships, how you make those client relationships in the first place. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, your your business should be an inspiration to many because what uh, you and James are doing um, at Agile is... Uh, is groundbreaking doesn't it often doesn't sound groundbreaking but it is and you know you mustn't you mustn't underestimate that um I, he always likes the last word so uh, go on rich what do you want to say no i was just going to say uh, ryan stop talking we got to wrap up you got oh, right. to ollie get off and and you know go back to the business he's got work to do so we did a we did a charity fundraiser run which insight six sponsored last year and it was the two moors way and it started in linton and the day before, we were camping at a farm just outside Linton, and we realised they brewed their own cider. So wow. you said you were going to ask me for a cider recommendation. I don't want you to forget, because I've been spending the whole time thinking about what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, and they brew their own cider. It's the most amazing campsite. And I was about to wake up and run 136 miles, but I couldn't resist. So we all got pretty trolleyed around the campfire on their home brew. It was brilliant. So if you're ever up in North Devon, it's worth, worth going there. Well, and, that, that, and Insight Six are sponsoring this year as well. Yeah, and I'm supposed to be doing the 25 miler this year, um, so I really do need to get my trails. Rich does quite a bit of running; he's running for some charity, aren't you, Rich? Who are you running for? Get your plug in. Yeah, we're doing a we're doing a stroke association run and uh, beginning of July, 50 kilometer uh, over to Avebury to the Stones, the run to the Stones. Nice. Yeah, yeah be good. so uh, should be good. A- Look, we're all a fit bunch here, aren't we? Ah, oh, blimey. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Something you can drink listen, more cider. Let's, let's go. Let's leave now. Before we close, Ollie, how can people find you, find your services if they're interested in, in what they've heard? Uh, you can Google Agile Comms. We should come up. Um, and we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Um, LinkedIn's probably our main shop front, really. Um, yeah, so get in touch. And we, when, we like... when we edit this video, I will put in your... Uh, some contact details below so it, it, miraculously that would have just appeared below you on the screen yeah exactly so, <laughs> great yeah rich will edit this and make sure that it looks professional that's that's his that's his brain well take us two out, Put your work cut out <laughs> <laughs> right let's go that's the end of that episode Lovely thank you ever so much Ollie. cheers, cheers Thanks, for Ollie. that and uh we will see or well, we will hear you will hear us again next month on the CX podcast R&R goodbye for now <laughs>